Joining me on the line right now is the opposition spokesperson for health, Bill Yan. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. How are you? Not too bad, Bill. I tell you what, uh, we have received so many messages, so many people concerned over the course of the weekend and on Friday last week after the announcement by the Chief Minister on Thursday about these changes when it comes to our borders come December 20. Bill, there is a lot of confusion at the moment. Uh, what are people saying to you? Oh, look, I've had calls uh, from Thursday afternoon right through today. Today I'm actually out in a remote community at Santa Teresa and the minute we got into the community, the first thing uh, out of people's mouths was what's going on with these border changes. Um, it, there is a lot of confusion. And I, I heard uh, Sarah earlier on the radio and mm. I spoke to Sarah la- late last week um, talking to a lot of pastoralists, they're, they're absolutely devastated because everyone was planning on the, the advice the Chief Minister gave about three weeks ago and everyone was pretty happy with that advice. And to come out on Thursday and to change a, a drop of a hat so close to Christmas has just thrown everybody into turmoil. And the pastoralists I've been speaking to are saying, well, their kids are at boarding school. They held them hold them there based on the advice they got three weeks ago and now they're going to come back from boarding school and can't come home. Um, so they're either going to spend Christmas alone in town and can't yep. be out with their families or, or the family's got to walk off the stations and come and spend uh, that two weeks with them in Alice Springs or whether it be Darwin or Catherine. It just it makes no sense. Well, and Bill, you know, that's obviously, um, like we've just discussed, talking about it from the pastoralist perspective and the concerns that they've got. Then when you talk about our essential workers, um, well, I'm just not too sure what is going to happen with some of those essential workers, some of those that work in the health sector, our police officers and indeed our teachers. If they were planning on going home or going to visit family over the Christmas break, they come back, they've got to do 14 days then here in Darwin, Alice Springs, or Catherine before they can actually go back into one of those remote areas. Well, there's, there's talk I've heard, and I'll, I'll speak to the, the principal of the school out here this morning. Um, they're saying that you know, to the education department particularly that their class is essential workers, so it's possible, and they're still trying to work out the details, that those people could return from holidays and come back uh, on the communities. But there's also then the perception within the communities, and talking to the people here at Santa Teresa today, uh, they're pretty upset because they've done the right thing. They've lined up and they've got vaccinated. They've got one of the highest vaccination rates in the southern region for their community. But they can't go away and then come back to their community. Mm. They've got to stay in Alice Springs there. And they're asking that question, well, why do we go and do all this sort of stuff? Uh, what benefit uh, is it for us now? Uh, it, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, Katie. It's just... It, it's, of course, apart from that, it's killed tourism here in Central Australia now. Anyone coming across the border has got to stay in Central Australia. So uh, the likes mm. of Yalara, Kings Canyon, um, and those smaller resorts just outside of town, they can only rely on local content now. Anyone crossing our borders is not allowed to go out there. Well, and it's going to be devastating. I mean, the health minister confirming on the show a bit earlier this morning that the reality is that, uh, you know, that we need to wait, or in some of those communities we're going to need to wait until uh, till all of those children aged between 5 and 11 are able to get vaccinated. That's not actually able to happen until January 10. So how long are we going to be waiting? Like, our tourism sector is already on its knees. 
Well, and that's the thing. And this has been going on for months and months and months, Katie, and it's really, really quite sad, is this mixed messaging and this policy on the fly from the government that's uh, really, really hurting our tourism sector. Um, I said this latest one hurts pastorals, hurts families. Um, so many people were planning to A, either go away or B, bring family up to Alice Springs. Um, and now that's sort of, that's thrown that out the window. Well, my son was planning to come over, but because we weren't going to be in a high vax area, he can't come to the territory now. He's got to stay at home in Western Australia. Um, it's affecting a lot of people across the board and they need to get the messaging clear. Uh, they need to start, they need to sit down and think about what they're going to do before they just jump out in the media and blurt it out. Uh, without any planning to sit behind it because it's it's really, really affecting Territorians now. Bill, obviously the other side of this is that they say that it's all about making sure that they protect the vulnerable. I mean, uh, we know that our elective surgery wait times, for example, at the hospital are, are well and truly delayed. We know that the hospital just up here in Darwin alone has obviously had those four code yellows throughout the year. Uh, Alice Springs, I'm sure, the health system there is also under stress. I mean, is the reality here that they actually have to do this because our health system can't cope? Well, we've been saying that for, for months and months that our health system's been in crisis, Katie. Uh, and we've known that we're going to be seeing COVID in our communities. Um, and we're, we're sitting back asking the question of what have the government done to protect Territorians and to bolster our health sector. Now, we've been saying that they need to give the Centre for National Resilience back to the feds, bring our staff back into our critical care areas within our hospitals and our, and our primary health areas. Um, we need to look after Territorians first. So uh, if, if we see a, a major COVID outbreak here in the Territory, I shudder to think what's going to happen, Katie, because I don't think our health system is, is ready to deal with it. Um, they can put all sorts of measures in place, I suppose, to, to try and slow things down, but COVID's already in our communities. We need to start thinking about how we can best manage our health sector. Um, Bill, you know, do we need to maybe look back at doing something like the biosecurity zones again? Well... Some of the, uh, the, the land councils and the communities have done that themselves. They've actually closed their communities down. Said, we don't want people coming in here. We want to protect the people in our communities. And I think that's a good move uh, from those communities and from those land councils. It shows some ownership uh, and some self-determination by those communities. Uh, I think that's a great move. But the biosecurity areas can only be enacted by the federal government. And I do note that... Uh, the Territory Government went to the Federal Government to do that at Robinson River just recently. Um, do they need to start thinking about that more? Go to the Federal Government and say, hey, these are what these are the things that we need to do to protect those communities, or those communities get together with their own land councils and um, put in their own measures to protect themselves. Well, Bill Yan, um, it is, it's certainly going to be a very interesting week. I know there are so many Territorians concerned at this point in time. Uh, so many tourism operators are in contact with us with their concerns. Um, it's, look, I, I really hope, um, that there are able to be some changes made in this space. I don't think there's any harm in the government saying, do you know what? We've had a second look and, uh, we're going to tweak these few things to try to, to make things a little bit better for the Northern Territory in this space. I think you're right, Katie. There needs to be a little bit of common sense applied here. It's really simple, as I said, to blurt out a 
policy or a procedure um, when you're sitting in Darwin, but you've got to stop and think how that affects our remote regions. Uh, the people in the bush who, uh, as Sarah Cook said earlier, have been doing the right thing, have been um, sticking to the letter of the law, working with government to make things happen, only to be um, thrown aside uh, at the, I suppose, at the last minute, leading into Christmas, um, everybody needs a bit of a rest. Everyone needs a bit of a break. Everyone's been doing it really tough this year, and and now, um, as I said it's like I said that some of the uh, communities and the pastoralists and the, certainly our tourism sector have been proverbially thrown under the gun of bus. Well, Bill Yan, uh, the opposition health uh, health spokesperson, we really appreciate your time this morning. We'll have to leave it there. We'll talk to you again very soon. Cheers, Katie. Thank, Thank you. you.